you'd said earlier on when we were talking, I think before I hit record, but we were talking about the sort of buy-in that you have currently at the, the company you're working with. Where does that buy-in come from? Because a lot of what you're describing, and just to clarify, is that you know so much of the early work is you know exploratory, right? I mean, I I think I've said this before, but I think a lot about building partner programs and early partner opportunity, much like the scientific method, the idea of forming a hypothesis and then going and testing and seeing if it works and measuring and understanding and validating and then iterating and maybe trying it again and then finally coming to a conclusion that either says I was right or I was wrong. That takes time. And so I'm curious how you've gone about developing buy-in or if it already existed, you know, where do you think that comes from? Because I can imagine folks wanting to understand how do I do that in you know my own opportunity? How do I bring that to my own startup? Yeah, so I think I have uh, two examples here. Uh, so the company Mo I joined right now, I would say that it existed already. You know, they hired me because they had a feeling that, you know, partnerships is the way to go. And it mostly came from just finding another growth uh, levers, you could say so, right? So they just had marketing and direct sales. And then they were thinking, okay, what else could we do? And, you know, partnerships and outbound was like the next step for them. Uh, and there, there no, no need for a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, you know, effort from my side. Uh, they're, they're kind of, kind of believing in this. And it also comes partially from investors and advisors who are also, uh, well known within the industry. So HR industries, they always HR tech. So, so they also believe that, you know, um, there's a lot of room for, uh, for, for partnerships. I think that's, that's, you know, what you should aim for if the belief is not there, you know, to really convince the CEO or I don't know if you have exposure to the board or investors. And a second, uh, second example I could share was localized. We're also joined rather early and uh, around also 30th employee without any partnership efforts. And we scale the team uh, globally. And there it was actually completely different. Um, uh, so I did join, but I, they just viewed this as a big experiment, I would say, especially in the first year. So they were, you know, they had enough resources at that point. So there wasn't like an issue. And they were like, we don't know anything about partnerships. We have really kind of no expectations at this point, but we are ready to, you know, give some time for, for you to try out things. Uh, and that's also, I think it's amazing thing to have also early, early in the days, just like a trust to, you know, experiment for half a year, for maybe even a year. Um, and yeah, I ended up, you know, proving, you know, some, some value to them apparently that they were ready to invest more in the team and then scale. So, yeah, I think it's always a tough question, but, you know, typically if you're hired, there is a certain, uh, certain belief in partnerships. I would say that the toughest, I guess, comes later, uh, you know, when you want to hire a team, when you want to do a lot of things, then you have to be able to prove, prove value in more, I guess, uh, data driven way. Yeah, that's a, that's a good segue too, because I think, you know, what you just shared is, is valuable, right? It's an experiment, you're trying, you know, you're learning as you go. How do you start then to anchor in specific metrics? I mean, do you have metrics that you default to? Are there things that you took from your previous opportunity that you brought here today that you know to be really valuable to not only prove, I think, in part that this is working, right? That's to your statement before in terms of like, 
I want to build a team now. I want to scale this thing. How do I validate that? But also, how do you validate it for yourself? How do you know that the energy and effort you're putting in the work is actually yielding specific results that you're looking for? How, how are we measuring all that? Yeah, so I think it's it's similar to what you do later, but uh, basically we actually discussed this question today uh, with, within uh, within Mo, and I think what we agreed that you know now we're just validating the idea of different types of partners, right? So you don't have like a, a revenue stream or lead stream coming in, and that's probably wouldn't be the case still for several months. So I think you have to really carefully track everybody you approach and be more thorough at what stage does it stop, you know? So, cause typically I think it's just like either, uh, we progress, uh, and we close the partner or it's, you know, a dead, the lost partner. So I think it, it might be smart to really be a bit more thorough here. Okay. So, uh, first, I don't know, contact, uh, uh, established, meaning they are interested or somebody at least gave enough, uh, you know, thought to answer you first call, I don't know, second call, um, demos agreement, um, you know, actual, uh, signed partner. Cause that will give you then a bit more detailed, uh, analysis afterwards, right? Cause if you just have one or lost partners, uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not so clear what happened in between. Right. And then maybe you seem yeah, to start, start to see some patterns, you know, maybe you're losing a lot of, um, yeah. I don't know, uh, partners after a demo, then it's like, maybe something's wrong with how you're presenting, or uh, maybe if you're losing them in the legal stage, maybe you have to review how you do these things. Maybe you have to, I don't know, uh, tough uh, legal agreements or something. So, so yeah, I think, uh, I think that's what we're doing currently in a very, very early, early stage until you can actually go to the revenue uh, generating part. Yeah, but that, I, I love that call out. I don't think I've heard someone say that before. I agree with you. Like the idea of building a, a formatted, you know, funnel based approach to the way that you actually manage the opportunity with the partner. And then to your point, tracking it, I think it's really interesting because it's easy to say at scale, you know, we know now how to build an engine because it's not so dissimilar, perhaps in many ways to your direct sale, right? You want to have like an early discovery. You want to go and do, to your point, perhaps a demo of the platform or solution. Maybe you want to do some sort of like a deep dive conversation, but ultimately you're trying to get to a point where you transact, which is, you know, direct is buying the software and partner should be signing the agreement. But what you're describing is this idea of really remaining a student of the process. And I, I wholeheartedly subscribe to the idea of spending time at each stage and understanding the, the way that you do it. I wonder, you know, when I, um, when I used to sell and even when I was, you know, running training teams, we always talked about entry and exit criteria. So like when I leave the discovery call, I need to have these three questions answered. And when I enter the deal stage, I need to have these three boxes checked and really building a detailed framework around the specifics in terms of the components at each stage. Are you doing that? Like, are you at that level of detail early on? Or are you spending more time just sort of looking at whether folks do or do not progress beyond the stage and then digging in perhaps to some more level of detail. I think I actually have these uh, things in my mind, uh, like these questions, but uh, oh, I'm sure. not really yeah. like detailing them yet in a, you know, a CRM or, or any other, any other way. So I think at first is uh, kind of, I, I want to leave the first call kind of feeling confident that we're also solving uh existing issue for the partner. So, you know, I would ask, uh, 
what is, you know, of course, what their business does, what are they struggling with, you know, um, uh, what are their customers asking for that they're not providing. And, you know, I want to see some overlap there. Uh, what's important not to have like, uh, not to have any really overlap with their product. Because uh, I don't know if it's relevant for, for, for listeners, but like HR tech, for example, it's very saturated currently. And, you know, uh, there are like uh, a lot of different software providers doing a lot of different things uh, where, you know, some of the functionality starts to overlap. And that's always like a red flag, you know, because how will we actually how will we work together? Right. If you are selling at least part of what I do uh, in your in your software. Right. I, I don't see it happening, uh, really, especially if it's one of your first partners. You know, you want to make sure that there are no kind of problems in that that sense. So that's one thing. Just, you know, being sure that there is like a, some problem, like actual problem, then trying to find how severe is that problem, you know, because if it's just like something they stumble upon once in half a year, like truth be told, they're probably not extremely driven, right? They're just like, yeah, it's kind of nice to have. But I mean, if we if we won't have a solution for it, that's also fine, right? We will live. But if it's something they hear, you know, every week, if it's, you know, bigger customers are talking about it, that then again, they right away become like much more interested in how we can tackle it, how we can solve it, right? And then there is a certain, I guess, uh, people factor. So do they have partnership team? If not, then who am I talking? Is this person actually have time to, to deal with it, right? Because I think it's sometimes overlooked, especially in smaller companies. They typically don't have like a head of partnerships at, you know, up till 50 people. That's very likely that they don't have it's either uh, either VP of sales or head of sales, maybe even the CEO. Um, so so that's also a very important factor, I think, to figure out are they ready for it uh, internally? Um, and yeah, these are the kind of I think the main things that, that come to my mind that I really look look forward to because if they're missing then sooner or later this kind of falls falls true yeah that's actually a really good series of observations and excuse me a nice framework to think about in terms of how to actually go and manage that opportunity be intentional about it so i'm, I'm glad you shared that um, this has been great we're at time i appreciate the conversation um, obviously this has been a really interesting dialogue if folks want to get in touch with you where do they reach out how do they find you online LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a LinkedIn girl. So find me, find me a LinkedIn. I always uh, accept like uh, fellow partnership folks. And I also tend to write now and then some of my observations. So Nice. That's fantastic. All right. I'll make sure I tag you when this goes to LinkedIn as well. Um, listeners, thank you for checking out another episode of Outcomes. As always, I'm your host, Barrett King. Please like, subscribe, comment. And we appreciate you all. Agnes, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you soon. Take care.